the email that I received from the person that I went around was pretty inflammatory. That person, you know, that person was pissed. You just got to dig in and just want to be the best version of yourself. Choose not to live in a world of filters. Realize your mistakes. Set the foundation for your success. Get some wins. Knucklehead Podcast. Welcome to another episode of Knucklehead Podcast. You've got with you today the Knucklehead. For those of you who are listening, you understand that we strive to bring subject matter experts, people who are very good and skilled, not necessarily just what they do, but the effect, the the outcomes of what they do, making other people better. And I'm excited to have Daniel Swift from Empire Selling. He's sporting a shirt. You can tell the the quarantine, he's been able to lift weights a little bit because he's filling out that shirt quite nicely. He's got some shoulder muscles <laughs> and everything, just just really making this uh, really making this a lot of fun. So Dan from Empire Selling, how in the hell are you, buddy? Um, very well. Thank you for calling me Dan. It's my mother who calls me Daniel when I've been bad. So um, I appreciate that. Thank you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, uh, I, I answered a much worse whenever I caused trouble and typically yeah. it's not steep. It's, it's something along the lines of a pejorative or, or four letter word that my wife and, and, and throwing something at me, so. <laughs> which, you know, now that we're quarantining, it's, it's happening more often than I'd like to admit. So, um, with that said, I, I'm going to butcher your story. And the thing is, is I'll go and review some of what you bring to the table, uh, just from an experience standpoint and from a business standpoint, but you're the subject matter expert talking about your business. But remember, this is Knucklehead Podcast. This is not everything worked perfectly the first time, second, third, or fourth time podcast. So there's some some struggles that I'm sure that you're willing to share here over the course of today's episode. But for context, for those of you who are listening, Dan, he's over on the East Coast. However, what he does touches everybody globally. Everybody's got this digital infrastructure now set in place with social selling and uh, learning how to insert information into the media flow, the way that folks consume information. Dan has perfected the art of certifying folks on the best practices of doing that. That's what Empire Selling does. It's a selling system for LinkedIn. And again, I'm going to butcher it, but Dan, that's not necessarily how you how you started. So can you catch us up to speed on kind of what some of your experience was leading up to where you're at now? Yeah, no, for sure, man. So well, again, thanks for having me on. I think that I always like to share that my the, the start of my career, man. So I'm in enterprise sales for 20 years. And when I first started, I was given a, um, a book, a green book. I remember it vividly. It was a book with insurance agents and brokers all listed with telephone numbers. And my sales training was, here you go, go sell. And I had no idea what I was doing. So sort of fast forward from then to uh, 2012, I was um, had the pleasure of working at LinkedIn. So I launched um, LinkedIn Social Selling Business. So you think about the time from being given that green book to launching LinkedIn Social Selling Business, all sorts of epic failures um, in that time. And, and, and to this day, you know, there's been fantastic things that I've done, which you look back at and you go, wow, that was so, so stupid. Um, so I'm an open book on all of this. And fast forward to sort of 2012, 2015, I was with LinkedIn, 2015, 2018, I was with a company called Sprinkler running sales there, which is um, the fastest growing social media management tech company in the world. It's, we, we, I joined there as like $200 million valuation left at $2 billion valuation. Um, so learn a ton of stuff along the way there. And yeah, the last two years, two and a half years, I've been running my own company, teaching people how to 
really do everything that I've learned in 20 years and just package it up into a you know prescriptive process to teach people. So yeah, 20 years of ups and downs and great successes and failures. It's been, it's been quite a ride so far. Well, I really enjoy the way that you, you describe really the last 10 years or so of, over the course of your experience, or really professionally, because, you know, with success professionally comes some challenges uh, personally, meaning, you know, to go from $200 million valuation to $2 billion, if you look at that rate of return, there's been a significant amount of change that really, quite frankly, you're forced uh, to deal with. So, for instance, it, stripping away the excess fat, learning that, uh, you know, when you're calling on a specific type of business in the enterprise game and not involving everybody who's part of that decision-making process or decision by committee, you could really step on some 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 cow patties out there for lack of a better term you you can mm -hmm. you can have it blow up in your face a little bit can you think of a time when you were helping either develop a, a new sales rep or you yourself were going through that development process yourself where something blew up in your face especially over the course of a long sales cycle sale could you think of a time where you'd be interested in sharing some of that um how many examples do you need <laughs> um yeah i mean tons right so i think that there's one um good one that i remember really like really well because it was it was earlier on in my career and I was really nervous as a as a more junior salesperson with you know limited experience about going around someone or going above someone um, to get to ultimately where I needed to be. And it's tough as a salesperson when you get a you get a live one and someone's actually chatting you to at a target account and you just don't want to tread on that person's toes. But I knew that that person wasn't going to take me to the promised land. They weren't going to take me to where the money was and the budget was. And at some point I was going to have to make that move. And I remember doing it and I remember getting introduced to that person's basically boss's boss and um, had a great conversation. They ended up buying, but the email that I received from the person that I went around was pretty inflammatory. That person, you know, that person was pissed. <laughs> and um, but 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 I remember at the same time as well, like like how do I respond to this? And then the person called me up as well, and was livid. And I had to explain to them that you know, I am a sales professional. I have family to pay for. I've got bills to pay for too. And with the experience that. I've had working with other companies just like theirs, the way to get a platform and a solution in place was to do what I did and engage all the p people across the organization that were going to um, need to be engaged. And sorry if they felt personally aggrieved by it, but they were now going to be the beneficiary right, of using the technology that they said they wanted anyway. So, um, you know, sorry. And, and, and when it was explained like that, I actually got an apology, which gave me the confidence then um, to do it when I needed to do it going forwards, you know? So, so hopefully that helps your listeners, you know, a little bit. Well, I mean, you talk about uh, the visceral reaction, right? So a uh, reaction that you're going to get from the, from the person involved in that decision and, mm -hmm. you know, as any type a high, you know, hard driving, you know, entrepreneur or sales professional would experience when you have your ego kind of stepped on a mm -hmm. little bit. And sometimes you want to get defensive back as opposed to, understanding that there's an emotionless conversation that you really just need to clearly lay out and communicate the, uh, the dynamics that involve that situation the way that you did. Mm -hmm. can, can I ask you a question about LinkedIn sales navigator and social selling as a, as a project, how that got started? Yeah, please. Yeah. yeah. Was it your idea or was it, was it something that you heard and you, and like anything else that's very, very good. Sometimes it's, 
you, you hear, you steal, you, you package it up and, you know, in a way that's yours. And you said, all right, here, here we go. We're, we're taking this one across the goal line. There you go. So, so it's kind of fascinating. So it was actually during Hurricane Sandy when I got a call from LinkedIn and we had no Wi-Fi. I was in the city, obviously getting hit pretty hard. And um, it was from a, a friend of mine who actually worked at LinkedIn and saying, uh, LinkedIn's launching a new business line. It's going to be helping salespeople to leverage the platform effectively. They're thinking of launching a new product. There's something in beta and they want to chat with you. And they'd been looking at what I'd been doing on LinkedIn and I got referred into the, the, the people at LinkedIn that were building this product. So of course, you know, I was a big advocate of LinkedIn at the time. Of course, I was going to chat with them. So I remember going to a friend's apartment because we had no Wi-Fi um, at the time because of Sandy. And so it was just hunkering down somewhere to like chat with LinkedIn about what could be an amazing opportunity. And um, got there, um, interviewed, went through the process, got the job, fortunately. And, um, and we didn't have a product when I joined LinkedIn. There was no LinkedIn sales navigator. There was a premium subscription that they were thinking about turning into an enterprise platform. So there was a lot of heavy lifting to do to figure out kind of how we were going to build it, how we were going to release it to the market, how we were going to evangelize just using LinkedIn as a platform to sell, a um, lot, a lot of heavy lifting. So it um, wasn't easy, but after about six months, we got it out there and the product's probably, if not the number one product in the market for sellers today. Have you ever asked yourself why you haven't started a podcast? Well, I already know the reason, so do you. You don't feel like you're tech savvy. You don't feel like you got your message wired tight. And quite frankly, it's just, it's all this mystification going on, quite frankly. Uh, our process helps to demystify that. We're push button for podcasts. We're knucklehead. Why knucklehead? Well, we lead with the fact that you don't know what you're doing. We do. We've been there. We've actually been in your shoes. We take your spoken voice. We literally give a human voice to your website. You want to bring dead leads to life? Well, then you need to talk to knucklehead. Essentially, what we're going to do is we're going to take you through our process and we're going to help take your human voice and increase the process for you going from dead leads to life, I, how do I how do I do that? Well, you essentially just take your human voice, put it in a directory, and let people consume more of you. Give your audience the ability to Netflix on you. They want to binge watch you. They want to binge listen. Give them the ability to take your voice along on that commute with them. So you can get in touch with us, Stephen at Knucklehead Podcasts, or if you got a really cool story, stories at Knucklehead Podcasts. You can find us on LinkedIn and on Facebook at Knucklehead Promotions LLC. And get in touch with us. Don't be a beta about the process. Don't let the fact that you don't know prevent you from getting some wins. So don't be a beta, get some wins and contact us today. See you. It, it truly is an industry standard. Given that you started so early in the development of that particular product, do you believe that that led to a kind of a mature perspective on identifying opportunities like what you're doing now with Empire? Or yeah. did you did you feel as if because you were there from the beginning, you have the ability to help educate and kind of scratch that itch of evangelizing that message for folks that really want mm -hmm. to use the platform effectively to grow their business? So the, the fact that I launched it definitely helps from a credibility perspective when I'm chatting to organizations or my sales guys and gals are um, introducing me to people to chat. But I think it's, it's definitely more than that. So during the three years that I was at LinkedIn, a lot of companies didn't, didn't buy Navigator straight away because there's a step that needs to happen first. You've got to understand 
what LinkedIn is all about as a platform, how to use it from a professional brand perspective, how to build and nurture a professional network that you can leverage effectively um, to do what we do. You mentioned it in the intro, content strategy, what to put out, when to put it out, how to engage with people, engage with your content. There's a whole ecosystem of things you've got to do just on LinkedIn. And then when you've done that, absolutely go and invest in a tool like a navigator, either for yourself or for your sales organization. So it definitely, definitely um, gave me a perspective, but I think it's more than that as well. Um, We teach people basically how to engage with buyers based on where they are active. So that might be on LinkedIn. That might be on Twitter. That might be neither. That might be going on a traditional channel like an email and and using video prospecting as a a tool. So um, LinkedIn is definitely the center of B2B social selling. Absolutely. But uh, it cannot be limited to that. Otherwise, you're going to miss so many opportunities. That's a a very interesting distinction that you draw there about going to where your buyers are. In today's world, I've got to ask you, with the COVID-19 causing Mm -hmm. folks to be quarantined where they are, what have you found is an ineffective strategy for engaging with buyers? And what have you found is an effective strategy in engaging with buyers, you know, in either maybe one of your experiences or, or uh, maybe somebody that you're, that you're working with uh, without giving any names or risking any privacy issues? What are some challenges that you see there? So companies are coming to us um, right now because a lot of the things that have been in um, chief revenue offices playbooks for 20 years just aren't working. So you think about some of the more traditional ways of doing things like cold calling, cold email, uh, mass templated messages, um, those kind of approaches. Like I am a typical buyer for many, many people. I'm 42 years old, married, two kids, homeschooling, my wife's working, I'm working. Like we are you know, a pretty typical family. So trying to cold call someone like me right now with two kids hanging off me, you know, it's just not going to happen. Um, but leveraging relationships to get walked in the door to someone like me, um, where a transfer of trust happens is huge. So that's where you know how to use LinkedIn effectively in the way that we teach huge. Video is huge right now. So if you can um, create a message for another human being that is 30 to 40 seconds long, highly personalized to show that you've done your due diligence, but also um, showing that you understand the challenges that that person's employer that company is having and then making your product or solution relevant to them so you essentially work in the personal angle but also the the, the business angle and if you can deliver a, an articulate message in 30 40 30 to 40 seconds um that is proven to be highly highly worthwhile right now as an approach it's interesting uh, the the way that you answered that question um I heard it said a long time ago by somebody way smarter than me uh, about the story of somebody sharpening their axe and how they spent, um, you know, multiple hours just to simply sharpening their axe as opposed to going out there and swinging aimlessly to cut down a tree. Mm-hmm. And that story is mm-hmm. uh, so much of what I'm hearing you talk about is uh, somebody who cares enough to earn not just the revenue for their business, but the commission as a sales rep. Um, it's, it's advantageous for them to take the time to get educated about their prospects because although their product or service may be able to help drive value for that for that company that they're selling to timing plays a role you know just being tone deaf mm-hmm. or or not even not necessarily even emotionally um, aware of how what you just talked about something as obvious as they're probably working from home and have their kids screaming all the time so i probably don't want to <laughs> ring their 
you know, call them on the telephone. So, um, can we talk real quick about, um, whenever you do step on it over the course of your career? And when I say step on it, I'm talking about screw up and mess up. How did, how did Mm -hmm. you deal with some of the emotional or, you know, potentially anxiety or, or, you know, a mental health challenges that come as a result of that? Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. So I'm an open book on this. I've suffered from depression and anxiety for years. And, um, and it's one of those things where I see all of those types of things as a challenge. Um, absolutely. I want to get to the root cause of like, why was I feeling like how I was feeling and unrelated to sales, but you then figure that out. And then you can also figure out how, what, how and why you're responding to things that are just happening in your everyday life. Um, so I spent 10 years in, in therapy, like really digging into kind of like why I do the things I do and why I make the decisions I do and how, why I feel about, you know, the way I do. And that's been so helpful from a business perspective because I know myself incredibly well now. Um, and I also look for the signs that I've obviously given out before in other people. So it allows me to see before people come to me that people are probably having issues or challenges or concerns or worries or fears or whatever it might be. And, um, and it's allowed me to be a much more compassionate and, and thoughtful leader than I think I would have been if I hadn't have taken the time to go and dig in myself to like why I was having those kind of feelings. And God, you pick sales as a career. <laughs> There's ups and downs with that, right? So um, I've now managed to like figure out how to cope with all of that. And people say I'm, a, I'm, I'm the same, even keeled, level-headed in every single situation, which I think people need, particularly in times like now, you know, it's uh, they're looking for stability in their leaders. So when it comes to the fallout, of, of coming back from dealing with counseling, right? So what I mean by that is mm-hmm. you're revealed things. It's almost as if there's a mirror that's put in front of your face that you have to deal with the dirty mm-hmm. truth of, of uh, maybe a lack of emotional maturity. And I say that, and as for those of you who are listening, I'm not implying Dan uh, had any of those things. I'm simply essentially uh, letting you know that those are, those are challenges that, uh, you know, that I've had to deal with uh, over mm-hmm. the course of uh, my career, separating from the military, going from one career uh, to the next or one job to the next, becoming a father, uh, becoming a husband, uh, and trying to optimize performance across all of those uh, particular mm-hmm. uh, endeavors. You want to get better and getting better means that you're going to screw up and you're going to make mistakes and you're going to have things mm-hmm. stripped away. As a male, that means you're going to have a lot of a lot of times your ego challenged, which how do you, Dan, based off of, you know, being out there in a place like New York City, where, you know, if somebody doesn't live there, the outside looking in, it, it makes, it, you get the impression as if everybody is either a Wall Street bank or some, you know, private equity <laughs> expert, you know, some, you know, multi-billion dollar uh, real estate conglomerate. How do you keep an even keel operating in that particular ecosystem with a bunch of sharks, keeping an even keel and, and not having your ego challenged when you're simply just trying to go and provide value as a business owner? That's a great question. So, um, so unpack it a little bit. So I've got a lot of friends who are the bankers and the finance types, and I know exactly the types of people you're talking about. Um, but it's interesting as well, because we're all human beings at the end of the day, and it then becomes priorities. So I think you, you, priorities change as you you know get older and mature the only priority i have right now is to my family to my wife to my kids um, that's all that matters and as soon as you get to that point everything you're doing like people say things to you um i don't compare myself to other people i'm very confident with what i'm doing and who i am and i don't really care about 
other people's um, successes. I care about helping other people. I care about giving them what they need to be successful, to be productive. Like I, I, I'm just wired, I think, differently maybe to some folks. And I think if, if your listeners can make that transition from comparing what they have or don't have to what other people have or don't have and, and stop doing that and focus more on what matters to me and what do I care about, I think that could potentially help quite a lot. I think you draw two really interesting distinctions. And, you know, I'm not sure if my, my video is coming across as, as grainy, but simply what I'm, what I'm interested in is when you decipher who you're selling to, everybody on the planet, you can, you can almost make the argument that everybody on the planet needs some coaching and help. But when you're deciding who to sell to through the process of finding the right one, can you, can you come up with an example and we'll land the plane maybe on this particular story of where you thought it was a fit. And it turns out it wasn't. Again, every day. <laughs> I'll give you a perfect example. So when we sell what we, we sell, we're selling digital sales training programs. We have to engage chief revenue officers, chief marketing officers, heads of sales ops, heads of sales enablement, senior sales leaders. And oftentimes we're looking for some sellers themselves to give us coaching. We have to engage all of those people. Most of the time, um, the companies that we profile and we're going after, we know there's a business need um, because every company is the same. They all need to engage other human beings and other companies to sell more stuff. Um, but I think a lot of time it comes down to um, not doing, you can do all the research in the world and all the due diligence and understand what the person's putting out about themselves on LinkedIn and, and understand what the, corp the corporation cares about by looking at 10Ks and doing all your research. You can do all of that really well. Um, if you don't take the time to ask people during the process about what other people might care about and ask them, hey, I'm about to ch chat with Sally, the chief revenue officer. This is what I'm thinking of saying. And if I do say that, do you think it's going to land well? You know, and, and I'm, the bottom line is I'm asking for coaching all the time. I mean, I'm a CEO of a company. I'm 42 years old. I'm a dad and I'm a husband, but I'm still asking for coaching from other people because if I don't, this is just a massive miss. There could be one little nugget of information that someone gives me that will change the trajectory of that conversation. So if I'm too proud to ask for, the, for feedback and coaching, then I'm going to fail. So, um, yeah, I just, I will take feedback proactively. Um, I'll go seek it out. I will, um, make sure people feel comfortable giving to me proactively. I just, I just want to, you know, be the best I can be. Have you always been that way? Or do you believe that that no. uh, is happening as a result of some painful feedback? And I, I know that we said that we would land on the last question and I'm asking, <laughs> I am asking another one, but did, uh, have you always been that way or is that something that just no. uh, was learned through pain? Learned through pain, my friend, learned through pain. I mean, 10 years of, of um, prior to therapy in business, trying to um, uh, just figure out who I was and, and all that sort of stuff. And, and I'm not evangelizing. Everyone needs to go into therapy and get a counselor and all that sort of stuff. But if you're having challenges, maybe it's something to look into. Um, but it allowed me to really kind of figure all of that out. And again, if I hadn't have done that, I don't know where I would be right now, quite candidly, um, because it has allowed me to fast track so much stuff um, to a point where I could have been just twiddling my thumbs and been in the same situation 10 years later. And instead, 
of doing that. I am now running a business transforming the lives of thousands and thousands of people around the world, which is what drives me. So um, you just gotta you just gotta dig in and just want to be the best version of yourself. It's very well said. It's very well said, and that requires that you can't be what we call a beta about the process. You've got to be willing to be an alpha and go out and get you some wins. Uh, it's a tongue in cheek way of saying simply, Hey, there's, there's not, there's not somebody who's got this 100% figured out. Uh, just go out and set some small goals, iteratively get to where it is that you want to go and know that it's going to take some time. So we appreciate you, Dan, taking some time to explain a little bit about not just your background, but your relationship with failure and, and, uh, and how that's paved the way to your success. Uh, how can people get in touch with you and what's the best way for people to connect with you? Yeah, definitely. So um, first of all, to connect with me, obviously 100% LinkedIn. So you'll find me down Swift, CEO Empire Selling. And that, but also check us out online as well. Go to empireselling.com, um, see if there's anything we can help you with, um, whether it's business or personal, we're here to help. So yeah, whatever works, man. Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, well, with that, for those of you who like listening to Knucklehead, you just heard it here from Dan. He told you how to get in touch with him. 20 years of enterprise level selling experience. Uh, one of the early product adopters and uh, innovators for LinkedIn Sales Navigator, uh, now owning and operating a business called Empire Selling where you can have direct access to him and he just told you how to do it. So uh, the onus is on you now, the listener. So we appreciate that, Dan. Have a good rest of the day, guys. See you.